Welcome to the LU Moment. Thanks for listening. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. Well, after five months of little to no activity on the LU campus, things are starting to pick up. This next week is a big week. First, LU will host its annual fall convocation, which kicks off the school year. Last year was my first convocation since coming to uh, Lamar, and I liken it to a giant pep rally. President Evans gives the State of the University address, and other leaders make comments and remarks, and the band plays. Breakfast is served. Um, you know, this year, due to the pandemic, things will be a little bit different. The event will be held in the Montaigne Center for those who want to attend live and together, but will be socially distanced. And it will be live streamed for those who want to watch from their offices. Now, breakfast will be served, but it's going to be a get-it-and-go kind of breakfast. So everybody can pick up breakfast and um, uh, instead of, you know, having this leisurely buffet breakfast, which we usually do where faculty and staff meet and greet one another, um, it's going to be a little bit different, but we're going to host it anyway. You know, we're just going to continue and do everything virtually again on August 12th. The President's kickoff will be held virtually for everyone to tune in, and it will be more of an educational kickoff. Faculty will learn valuable online tricks and techniques uh, to help with their um, their coursework um, and, and providing curriculum in the online modality. And um, there will be several tracks for faculty to take during that event, again, all virtually. Then on August 13th through 16th, students will move into the residence halls. And in order to maintain social distancing, each of the 2,220 students we have currently enrolled or coming online, not enrolled, but coming uh, to live on campus, have received a specific time for move-in. So they'll all come at different times to maintain that social distancing. And then also on August 13th, we will kick off a three-part program. This program is being hosted by our Office of Global Diversity and Inclusive Excellence, and the program is called Discussions and Dialogues. The first speaker and topic, or the first speaker is Trayvon Wilson. He's the president of the Student Government Association. And the topic that he will present is the African-American experience at LU, Raise the Bar. Our second presenter is Professor Ruth Stanley, who will talk about how culture affects communication. It's called Seeing Through the Eyes of Others, and that's on August 20th. And our third presenter on August 27th is April Mariquin. She's a minority enrollment advocate, and she'll talk about, let's talk about being Latinx at Lamar University. Again, it's all virtual. Uh, we're hosting a town hall meeting for faculty and one for staff, all virtual. We're going to talk about uh, the activities and tours uh, at Lamar University and um, di the different events that are going on. If you want to know about all the activities and things going on at LU, go to www.lamar.edu. If you want to know more about how LU is returning safely to the campus, go to www.lamar.edu forward slash return. Now, among those returning on the LU campus, freshmen from the top of their class. The percentage of freshmen in the top quarter of their high school class has increased by 22% at Lamar University since 2015. I was looking at some of the other numbers, and I thought they were pretty significant, so I wanted to mention them. In the last five years, the total degrees awarded increased by 26%. The total degrees awarded to Hispanics has increased 84%, to African Americans 37%, and online degrees are up by 14%. Our six-year graduation rate has increased by 6%, 
Our four-year graduation rate has increased by 12%, and our one-year retention rate has increased by 11%. So things are on an upward swing at LU. It's a great place to be. I certainly enjoyed my time there. And um, so have some of our nerdy professors. We launched our nerdy professor series a few weeks ago, and I've got to say it has not been difficult to identify a few nerdy professors on the LU campus. So what's also interesting about these professors, um, they think it's pretty cool to be called nerds. In fact, they consider it a badge of honor. When I researched today's nerdy professor, Dr. James Henry, I came across one of his published papers because, you know, you get these you get these names in the, in the office, and, you know, you might try this guy. I think he's a nerdy professor or this female. We've got some females we're going to interview, nerdy professors. And so you kind of look at their background and you see, and the first article that jumped off the page at me was titled, this is one that, that Dr. Henry uh, published, Tuning the Microarchitecture and Biodegradability, I can't even say it, of whey protein isolate composite scaffolds for bone tissue regeneration. And I knew that we had our guy, we had another nerdy professor. So, Dr. Henry, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So tell us what you do at Lamar University, what you teach, and how long have you been there? Sure. Um, I started in the fall of 2017 um, uh, teaching chemical engineering. Uh, and what's interesting is, you know, I am a chemical engineer, classically trained. Uh, I've done work in petrochem, but my research has always been in the bio side of things. So I've done work in uh, bone degradability or uh, basically making scaffolds for bone replacement. The idea being if you can create a guided polymer matrix, uh, in this case, whey protein, which is just a waste product from cheese making. Um, and now you can buy whey protein like in, uh, you know, health food places. Right. And the idea being that if we can create something that can guide the bone for a catastrophic bone failure, for instance, uh, something cru- like it gets crushed or uh, gets destroyed to a point it can't be set, this could temporarily replace the, the section of bone and allow the cells to kind of infiltrate it. <clears throat> and we've actually uh, got a patent on this area, so it's uh, really been interesting. I also do work in, uh, I'm going to say amyloid protein diseases, uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, mad cow disease, Huntington's disease. Um, and then the other side of that is the what would be considered classic chemical engineering. I do work in human factors and understanding operator response at refineries or chemical plants and trying to understand uh, how to optimize their response to make the process run better or safer or more effective. Wow. So that seems like really very uh, different, you know, fields of uh, or expertise. Um, how did you get into doing the, the bio work? How, how did that, uh, coming from chemical engineering into that, how did that come about? Uh, that's actually um, kind of a, an interesting story because I fully intended, uh, when I went to the University of Arkansas for my undergrad and fully intended to go into industry and, and you know, uh, the, uh, go to Eastman Chemicals, actually, what I was looking at. And uh, that was, I graduated around 97, and that was during a major economic downturn for chemical engineers. And, you know, the job market didn't look great. You know, I had offers, but I was like, gosh, you know, this is kind of depressing. I'm seeing people getting laid off. So uh, one summer, I took a a course in kinetics and the professor, I did well in there. It was the topic that just made sense to me. And he asked me if I was interested in doing research and I was isolating a protein. Uh, what, what he was asking me to do is isolate a protein from uh, pedi- I can still remember the bacteria name, 
pediococcus acetylactosy PSMB74. I will never forget it. And oh my God. Um, I know it's sad. <laughs> it really is. Um, if you need proof, I'm a nerd. That is the absolute proof of it. That, um, that is the proof. We have it now. <laughs> <laughs> but this, what's interesting is this protein is actually the protein um, that gives summer sausage its flavor. Um, oh and it's the bacteria that makes it. Uh, or I say it's part of the protein complex that gives summer sausage its flavor, but it's an antimicrobial protein that actually can kill other microbes without targeting this organism. And so part of the reason why summer sausage, when it's cured, keeps so well because of this, the presence of this, this microbe in its proteins. And I was like, wow, I had no idea chemical engineers could do this. Yeah, and, um, I didn't made me realize, I know, I had zero clue. And so I was like, man, this is actually kind of fun. So then I started doing research as an undergrad, and that led me to get my master's. And then at some point I was like, you know, I really want to keep doing this. Went to Texas A&M and met um, Dr. Teresa Good, who's now at the National Science Foundation. Um, and she was my faculty advisor, and uh, they were doing some work on trying to develop a sensor for mad cow disease. <clears throat> and it turns out it's a lot of the same stuff we study in chemical engineering. It's thermodynamics, mass transfer, kinetics. It's all the same stuff. It's just applied to a biological system versus a chemical system. And I realized yeah. that it was really fascinating because I'll be honest, I did not like biology in high school. Um, I'm terrible at memorization. And this was just one of those things. When it got into biochemistry, it wasn't about the names of the chemicals or the names of the cells. Uh, it was actually about understanding how they interact. And that's a process. And that's, as an engineer, that's mm -hmm. what I'm good at. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. this, is, this is fantastic. And just well, fell in love research, with it. Um, research plays such a big role in your, in your development, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that you do a lot of that and you encourage that in your students. Can you talk about the importance of research uh, there at Lamar and, and how you uh, engage students? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think especially opportunities for undergraduate research is critical. Um, I think a lot of these students, uh, and it's even I can say this from my own experience. A lot of times, when you come out of when you're an undergrad, you're learning the the information, but you don't really understand the application of it. And so right. you don't really learn that till you get into industry. And research is an opportunity to really apply that and go, oh, this is this is why I'm learning this. This is what it does. And chemical engineers are now um, <clears throat> they I think 25% of chemical engineers uh, nationwide now go into uh, biotech and pharma. So for me to be able to show them this stuff and show that they can do this um, and understand how what they're learning, even though it may not look like classic biology, really is the same skill set, um, I think is a benefit. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from undergrads, and I have two in the lab right now and two more that may be coming online shortly, um, barring, you know, you know setbacks and, right. and obviously with what's going on. And they're excited about it. And I am too. I, I love watching their excitement. I love working with the students. I think that's, it, I, I see the joy that I felt and I see them really engaging and connecting to something in a way that maybe they hadn't before. Yeah, that's incredible. So, so talk to me about, um, and that's what I love about Lamar. There's so many opportunities for experiential learning um, where they can really apply what they've learned. And I think that that just makes everybody, all of our students are job ready from day one, which is very, very exciting. Um, we're going to run out of time, I know, and you have so much to say, but talk to us about um, your, what you're most proud of, Dr. Henry. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I think what I'm most proud of is the impact on the students. Um, there is no experience like watching a student have that aha moment, whether it's in the lab or in the classroom, and knowing that you helped shepherd them, if you will, to that point. Um, there's the, and it's not about, yeah, there's a little bit of, of arrogance from your part as a professor of like, I did that. But also, it's, it's really <laughs> yeah. more about, I mean, that's just the reality of it. But right, right. the student have that moment and the self-confidence and that the, what that does for them, when they have that breakthrough, you suddenly mm-hmm. watch them flourish. And mm-hmm. it's so, like, I don't have children. And for me, that's the closest mm-hmm. thing I think for, that I'll ever have for that moment. And, and it's just such an amazing moment to know that you've done that for them or that you've helped them find that confidence and find that understanding where they now believe, and, and rightly so, that they'll, they can accomplish the things that they believe. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine the feeling you must get when you see a student uh, go on to excel in the real world and, and have a you know positive impact. That's just got to be so rewarding. Let's talk a little bit about this next year. How challenging is it to teach the courses that you've got in, in, during this pandemic? And, and what, are, what are some of the things you're gearing up to do to kind of um, help your students? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a different environment, obviously. Um, and especially the courses I'll be teaching in the fall are going to be more of a virtual classroom, um, not not a classic online like self study, but we're going to have lecture you know, lectures that that are going to be held at certain times and and have an online audience where the students can ask questions. And some of the things I've been trying to adopt because it's starting coming up obviously in the spring and then in the summer is. Um, I'm trying to u- utilize what I for some of my friends and their connections in in. Uh, webcasting and podcasting, because it turns mm-hmm. out a lot of the online teaching is content creation, and you have to think like a content creator because you have to create engagement with your audience in a way that's different. If I'm in front of a class, okay. I can turn and look at people and go, oh, you're getting it. You're not. I have to create breaks yeah. and questions and introspection from the students to get them to want to open up. And so I've really spent like several months now talking to them, talking to my, my friends that are, that are in, like I said, content creation arenas and saying, what can I do? What's effective? What, you know, what do you see as the mm-hmm. most important aspects? And I, I, I'm actually been really encouraged from what I'm learning from them that this is something we can do. It takes us as faculty adjusting how we think about it. But, you know, maybe, you know, that, I mean, that's a good thing. That's a new skill yes. set. And, exactly. and I want to, if things go well, I want to encourage my other faculty members, hey, no, this can work. Like, you can do this. You you have to change your style a little. You need to be, think a little bit more like an entertainer. And one of my friends said, I, you know, I feel bad for professors having to be entertainers. But in reality, we should be. If we're in front of the okay. class, we should be entertaining. Because if we're entertaining, if we're entertaining, they engage, they connect to us, and suddenly that information really sinks in. That's awesome. Uh, Dr. Henry there in our engineering department is proving that nerds are adaptable. We really appreciate you, sir, and appreciate you spending time with us today on the LU Moment. Lamar is back. Check it out, www.lamar.edu forward slash return. I'm Shelley Batanza with Lamar University, the Director of Public Affairs. Thanks for listening to the LU Moment. We'll see you next week.